Good morning, all of you in the land of social media. My name is Clemmy Palmer III. Welcome to another episode of Bible Topics. I can be viewed on YouTube, Facebook, and followed on Twitter at drcpalmer3. Any questions or topic that you would like uh, viewed, please let me know on YouTube. And if you like this video, check like and subscribe to my channel on YouTube. The sole purpose is to save souls. Let's get this food cooking. The topic today, pain and suffering. Is there a God? If there's a God, does he cause pain? Many people say that since there is pain and suffering, then there is no God. Or if there's a God, why is he causing so much pain and suffering? I will deal with the existence of God in another video but today, I want to focus briefly on pain and suffering. If you have, please turn in your Bibles to John 16, verses 32 and 33. 16, 32 and 33. And I read from the New King James Version. Indeed, the hour is coming, yes, has now come, that you will be scattered, each to his own, and will leave me alone. And yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. The things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace, in the world you will have tribulation. Be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. What does be of good cheer mean? It means be confident and courageous. This was Jesus talking to his disciples, saying they will undergo tribulation. Now, some things in the Bible that we can generate for us today, we can generalize us, and some things we cannot do. This is one example I think we can, because Paul said in 2 Timothy 3.12, Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. All who just desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. These scriptures to me support the fact that Jesus and the Apostle Paul were truthful about pain and suffering. This is in support of God's existence, I believe, because God is being straight up. If you, if you follow me and love me, this is what will happen. He's just telling the truth. He's not trying to hide it. But this is for Christians to be persecuted that we know. What about non-Christians? Why do bad things happen? Why did this happen to me or that happened to me? Now there's a pandemic that killed thousands and thousands of people going on right now. Wars and rumors of wars. Just look at Ukraine. Hurricanes and tornadoes kill thousands of people. It appears that every time we turn the TV on, it's a shooting or killing. We ask, why did my father die? Why did my mother die? My baby only lived seven days. I've been diagnosed with cancer, seizures, or diabetes. My brother or sister was born blind. Could God have prevented all these catastrophes? The short answer is yes. If he could have prevented these catastrophes, 
Why didn't he? Now, no one knows the answer for sure, but I believe the answer can be found in many ways in his attributes. He's eternal, omnipotent, omnipresent, and omniscient. Let's go through these. He's eternal, meaning without end or beginning, omnipotent, all-knowing, omnipresent, he's everywhere, and omniscient. He knows everything. He's all-knowing. In other words, God can't be surprised. God knows about all the natural disasters that have happened in the past and will happen in the future. He knows about your losses and your hurt. He knows about bad divorces and physical ailments. He knows, he knows, he knows. But God is love. According to 1 John 4, 8, God is love. Now, God loves not like man loves. Man's love, if it's love, is temporary. God has divine love, which means it's always in your best interest. And the answer of why does God not prevent catastrophes is that he has divine restraint. Now, humans have some restraint, but not divine restraint. When our children move out of the house and try to make it on their own, if they don't learn how to manage their finances, they will always have difficulty in that area. Many times they simply just want champagne on a beer budget. We as parents are quick to step in and help with the bills if needed because we don't have divine restraint. And if we help too much, they will never learn to manage the finances. I believe once you carry your own water, then you will learn the value of every drop. Let's talk about free will. Some things we do is our fault. We try to blame it on someone else. We try to blame it on God. We gossip. And then when we break up with our friends, we get mad because our friends know that we talk too much. We lie, which in many cases leads to divorce. We get terminated from our jobs because we're late and half do the work or rarely just don't come in. We rob. We break and entering, and we upset when we're in jail. Then we talk about the system is not fair. We overspend, then get mad when our family does not come to the rescue. We exhibited unhealthy eating practices that contribute to diabetes and hypertension. But let me remind you. God is love. Now, if God is love, he requires love from us. A deliberative love. The fact that I say deliberate love means a choice has to be made. Writer Don Davidson and I agree, if we can no longer choose evil, 
then we can no longer choose God because the kind of love he wants is a deliberative love where a choice has to be made. But God helps us. He influences us. We breathe his air. We eat his food. We enjoy his music. He picks at us. He lures us. He put thoughts on our mind. He promises that he'll never leave us or forsake us. And he sent his son, Jesus, to die on the cross for us. Pain teaches us. Sometimes we are so embarrassed about the way we act. For example, getting drunk at the Christmas party. Or we'll say something so mean that we just hate to repeat it. But we learn from the embarrassment. Sometimes a tap on the hand to teach a child not to touch a wall socket is needed. Now, I don't believe in just beating a child. Now, we should be able to teach a child without su such means. For the criminal, if there were no consequences, criminals would keep on committing crime. I believe if God protected us from all of our bad choices, he protects us from many, if he protected us all the time, we wouldn't learn. Okay, why, God, why don't you just soften the consequences? If God softened the consequences, we might forget and repeat the same behavior. Try taking a misbehaving child cell phone. And the deal is, you're going to keep it for three days. Later, you decide to give it back in three hours and see what happens. Sometimes our pain and suffering have nothing to do with our choices. God allows medical conditions and natural disasters. This does not mean God calls these medical conditions and natural disasters, but he allows them. You're probably thinking, if God is love, why permit these things to occur at all? These are not a bad moral choices to be made, so why permit these things to happen at all? The answer, I believe, is in God's perspective. See, God is eternal. That means lasting and existing forever. This life is ephemeral, lasting for a short time. We're not living like Adams, 930 years, a Methuselah, 969 years, a Noah who lived 950 years. Even if we did live that long, it would be no match for God who is eternal. I say that we're just passing through. We say that we're passing through and there may be a better life. God knows we are passing through and there is a better life that's eternal. Now I started with pain and suffering. Now I'm shifting to eternal life because this is God's perspective. Second Corinthians chapter 4 verses 16 through 18. Paul said, do not lose heart even though the outward man is perishing. The inward man is being renewed 
day by day. Now, Paul said something else. These words may offend you, but if you just hang in there with Paul, I think you can understand it. At least the word light. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us. And eternal glory that far outweighs them all, far outweighs the affliction. The word light is, is hard to accept sometimes. To say somebody affliction is light. But Paul is comparing the affliction now to everlasting life later. Let me repeat that again. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment. That's the way God looks at it now. Because he's eternal. He is working for us an eternal glory that far outweighs the affliction. Hmm. Do not look at the things that are seen, but the things that are unseen. For the things which are seen are temporary, and the things which are unseen are eternal. This is good, and I partially understand it. I know you're thinking that. But wait a minute, Paul. Do you have anything to say about babies that are dying? Hurricanes and tornadoes killing hundreds and thousands of people. And Paul, I know that you're famous, but do you have a resume I can just look at? Since you're talking about light affliction. Uh, I'll just go through them one at a time. Anything about babies? This, when people talk about a baby dying, many times they think about David and Bathsheba. Briefly, David slept with another man's wife, Bathsheba. She was with a child, and the child died on the seventh day. Somehow this was part of the penalty. We don't know everything about God's punishment. We don't know, but we do know that God is love, and he has a reason for everything that is permitted. God doesn't have to get permission from anybody or ask anyone for advice. Look at the situation this way. There are so many children who are born out of wedlock and they're still here. Look at the mercy of God. Some things are in the Bible and we can apply to us wholeheartedly today. Like I told you about Jesus comforting his disciples and what Paul said to Timothy, but the death of uh, David's child, we can apply that today. Additionally, I believe that if there were no threat of a baby dying, then most, given the human condition, would gamble and probably not seek God until later in life. For example, if the lifespan was 80 years old, men would wait to age 78, 79 to seek the Lord. If the lifespan was 60 years old, men will wait until 58 or 59 to seek the Lord. The sense of the end of life approaching, our death itself may lure us to seeking God earlier, with the result being eternal life. The same logic occurs with natural disasters. The end can come at any time. 
Additionally, if we talk about agape love, this is the deliberate uh, and self-sacrificing love. Sacrifice in the sense that you don't love anything more than God. Maybe natural disasters are allowed so we won't love the world too much and miss out on our promised destiny. You asked about Paul's resume. Paul said in 2 Corinthians, five times I received from the Jews 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the deep, which is the open sea. I've been constantly on the move. You want to talk of danger. On the resume, it says I've been in danger from rivers, danger from bandits, dangers from fellow Jews and Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the country, and danger at sea, danger from false believers. Paul said he labored, he tore and gone without sleep. He's been hungry and thirsty and gone without food. He has been cold and naked. Paul said that God and the Father of Jesus Christ knows that he's not lying. Paul received comfort in the hope of eternity. In closing, we should feel some comfort in the hope of eternal life. As Jesus comforted his disciples and Paul was comforted, we should also be comforted to know that it the believer is guaranteed this life. This life is so much greater than the life we know now. It's hard to even imagine. One day there'll be no more tears, no more pain, no more suffering. I just want to say thank you, Lord, in closing. I wish you all a great week. I hope that you've been blessed as I have been blessed. The next episode on Bible Topics will be on Mother's Day. Until then, you take care and have a great week. Amen.